Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast, hosted by the always smart-assed and brutally honest Shorky Sisters. Ripping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, two-time winning fitness champion, certified personal trainer, the first ever vegan world naturals bikini pro, author of Jacked on the Beanstalk, plant-based fuel for vegan athletes, and has an ass that's out of this world. Along for the ride is Sarah, her sister, a stay-at-home mom who drives a minivan, makes a mean fudge brownie, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and without regret, to unlock and share the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit, to boldly go where two very different but genetically similar minds probably shouldn't go. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and come along for the ride. Well, g'day, podcast listeners. G'day. <laughs> g'day from the Ottawa Valley, bred and born. We're the Shorky Sisters, eh? Yeah, welcome everybody to the ninth episode of the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast. I am here with my lovely co-host and sister, Sarah Shorky. Oh, she yucks. <laughs> and of course, our producer and vegan friend, Aaron Flynn. Woo, 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 woo. Insert crickets here. The reason we are bringing out our Ottawa Valley accents from where we grew up and our parents still live is because today is a special episode. I'm actually really looking forward to this one. How about you? Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it at all. <laughs> and why is that? What delicious product are we famous for that comes from the Valley, eh? Uh, that's your maple syrup, eh? Oh, yeah. Sip and scissor. That's right. Canada produces almost 7 million pounds of maple syrup every year. Wow. And I consume about 5 million of those pounds. And fun fact, Lanark, Ontario, which is where we grew up, it is the maple syrup producing capital of the world. Take that, Quebec. Well, actually, Quebec, <laughs> uh, Quebec they produce the most, Damn to be it. honest. But as mom would say, their maple trees suck compared to ours. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, me neither. But <laughs> it takes away from our maple brags. So okay. let's just agree that no maple syrup is better than the Ottawa Valleys. And no argument here. Canadian syrup definitely trumps all others. Actually, I have a funny story. When I was dating a vegan bodybuilder who lived in Minneapolis, actually, we went to a local farmer's market one time. There was this maple syrup booth and the merchant was super friendly and very proud of his product. And I asked if I could sample it. And then uh, as he was getting it ready, I told him that my family has been making maple syrup in uh, Lanark, Ontario, Canada for centuries. I could smell the defeat coming off of this man before he even handed me the sample to try. And then sure enough, after I swigged his subpar maple syrup around in my mouth for a few seconds, we exchanged a glance and a nod. <laughs> and I simply said, thank you. And he put his head down in shame and muttered, have a great afternoon. <laughs> didn't even attempt to make a sale. Ugh, the poor bastard didn't even know it was coming. I know, right? Our listeners are probably wondering why we're talking about our famous maple, eh? 
And uh, that's because this past weekend inspired us to want to record a podcast episode all about our brutal sugar addiction. I was giving a talk at VegFest in Ottawa in the last episode of the podcast, so be sure to check it out if you haven't already. Sarah and our producer Aaron, after my talk, we decided let's tour around the expo. And I'm sure any vegan can agree that when you're at a vegan expo, you're like a kid in a candy store. It's like vegan sensory overload. Even though Ottawa VegFest was a little small compared to some of the others I've attended and presented at, but there was no shortage of vegan treats to sample and purchase. No shortage. None. None. And I've got to give a shout out to my friend and fellow Ottawa Valley vegan and bodybuilder, Kristen Lloyd, who runs Sweet Cheeks Vegan Bakery. And oh Mm. my God, do they ever deliver the best damn vegan desserts you ever tasted. You didn't know that Kristen is part of the Thompson Town family. I did not know that. They are one of the bigger maple syrup producers in the Ottawa Valley. And so a lot of Kristen's desserts are um, sweetened with that sweet, sweet maple, eh? Mmm. So, long story short, the second my talk was over, Sarah, Aaron, and I beelined it over to Sweet Cheeks booth and ordered not one, not two, but eight <laughs> squares and cookies. Yeah, and what was especially entertaining was that while Sam was trying to indulge, she was confronted by many confused attendees of her <laughs> talk who who outright asked why the hell she was scarfing down Nanaimo bars whilst preaching making dessert out of protein powder to them just minutes earlier. <laughs> to which I responded with, uh, everything in moderation. Yeah, as the crumbs fell out of your mouth. I especially enjoyed one woman who came over and said, you know, I really loved your talk and just raving about how great it was. And then looks down at the (laughs) container full of squares and said, hey, are you just telling us not to do that? I mean, that's how the cookie crumbles, as they say, folks. Good one. (laughs) (laughs) But come on, it's not every day that I have access to vegan desserts galore. And I was supporting Kristen's vegan biz, all right? Mm, Yeah, nice try. Nevertheless, the point of this story is that all three of us ate a very sweet and large Nanaimo bar. Oh, and by the way, I spoke with Kristen this week, and we are going to come up with a high-protein, healthy, vegan bodybuilding-friendly version of a Nanaimo bar to post on my blog. So No way. Oh, yes. And I am so excited about that. I'm pretty excited, too. We all eat these squares, and then literally not 20 seconds later, Sarah then asked asks for a cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to which Aaron exclaimed, What? Are you insane? That Nanaimo bar wasn't enough of a sugar overload for you? Too much. (laughs) And then, of course, Sarah and I looked at each other and were like, "Uh, there's no such thing. Then we both pounded back another cookie. (laughs) Yeah, oh man. Those cookies were really good. I mean, they're all good. Anything with sugar and vegan is good. So then, just yesterday, Sarah and I were having a marketing meeting and she was late getting there. I ordered her an Americano with soy milk and uh, vanilla syrup. And when she finally showed up, she took she took one sip and then started dumping white refined sugar packets into the drink. And I looked at her and I was like, are you serious? (laughs) To which she responded with, 
I've had a shitty morning. Can I just have my damn sugar? (laughs) And of course, we knew right then and there that our next podcast episode had to be about sugar and more importantly, why we are so addicted to it and how we can stop this addiction. Yeah. Did I mention I am not looking forward to this at all? Why is that, though? I feel like this is probably how addicts feel when their family gets together uh, for an intervention. Yeah, good call. And while we're on the topic, I used to love watching the show Intervention. Um, I admit it, but I did lose interest because I'd always be rooting for them the whole frigging episode. And then literally 99% of the addicts always ended up relapsing. And then I always felt ripped off and cheated and like I had wasted an entire hour of my life for nothing. Oh, how unfortunate you lost that hour while the addict is lying in a ditch somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, did you ever notice that they'd always try to promote the sale of the various seasons of intervention on DVD? Yeah, I always found that so weird. Like, who the hell is watching these episodes repeatedly or wants to own them for that matter? I did watch it quite a bit back in the day. That and My Strange Addiction, which would feature people who ate toilet paper or Clorox bleach. Remember that one? No, I don't remember. Where were you watching these shows? It was TLC. But anyway, back to our sugar addiction, where thankfully mine isn't as intense as eating drywall or snorting baby powder. And yes, these were actual episodes on My Strange Addiction that I would probably purchase on DVD. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, suddenly uh, the cookies don't seem so bad. Now, as we we usually do, we've gotten completely off topic. Yeah. So let's bring her back around to why we're here. So based on all the personal development that I've done in the last year or so, and actually something I discuss quite frequently with clients and even during my presentation at VegFest, I think the number one question that we should all be asking ourselves with any kind of food addiction is, and this is a big one, Are you really craving sugar or are you craving connection? What if it's both? Maybe I'm like the chick who's addicted to drywall and I just really love smearing brownies all over my face and whispering sweet nothings to its sweetness. (laughs) And I'm actually looking for a connection with the brownie. I'm acknowledging your smart-ass commentary right now and I'm attempting to keep it serious. But no, for real, you are correct in that you are using sugar as your way of satisfying your need for connection. What most people might not know is that consuming sugar actually creates dopamine in your brain, which is a feel-good hormone. That gets released when we do drugs or we have sex or anything that makes us feel really, really good. All of a sudden, I feel really dirty about that brownie comment. (laughs) We've all heard the saying that we eat our emotions, and that is essentially true. And the main reason a lot of people suffer from obesity, because they're using food as a coping mechanism and a way to avoid addressing the actual issue. Eating is a standard reaction to stress, just like watching the entire fourth season of Intervention on DVD when you're sad. It makes you feel better about your own life. Actually, my birthday is coming up. Mm. Can you see if they're still available on DVD? Hello, Amazon. (laughs) So, Sarah, I'm going to put you on the spot here because you're the only one I have to do so. Great. Lucky me. 
when would you say you typically eat sugar? Because just yesterday you were snappy with me at Starbucks. Yeah, to be perfectly honest, I never actually believed that sugar addiction was real. I've always had a sweet tooth. You know, we've made jokes that I hate to cook and don't even really enjoy food. But I really love baking and I truly enjoy eating desserts. But that was where it kind of ended. In the last few months, though, I've noticed something happened. I had this realization, I think it was a day I, I had to take my daughter to the doctor. And it was this appointment that I was really stressing about and dreading. And then when it was over, she's so good at the doctor. And, and I said, you know, you were such a brave, good girl. You know, why don't we get you a little treat? So I brought her to Whole Foods and I ended up eating three friggin' cookies as if I was the kid who deserved a reward. <laughs> and I sort of realized that I felt like this kind of loser in an after school special or something. <laughs> I, I realized it, it was the exact same thing as when you're feeling stressed and you'd smoke a cigarette. It was a reward based coping mechanism. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I justified the sugar by saying I earned it. You know, oh, I was stressed out and now it's over with. And and um, and yeah, and I literally discovered I am addicted to sugar. You know, my husband and my kids always have sweets in the house. And even you've commented when you come over that you don't understand how I'm not 400 pounds with all the junk food in the house. I always felt as though I had some pretty strong willpower. But lately, I don't know, I've, I've lost my mojo or something. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> all right. Well, this is all good shit, Sarah. And I can totally relate. In fact, that is precisely why I bought all of those damn squares after my dog. <laughs> I had been working so hard preparing for these two expos that were only a week apart and traveling across the country to be at them and as soon as that second talk was delivered I wanted a reward for a job well done Mm. and the first thing in my mind was of course something sweet the fact that we were at a vegan expo surrounded by decadent vegan sweet treats definitely didn't help even though in my mind that day I remember saying No, you don't need to go nuts after this talk is over. Just, you know, practice moderation, practice what you preach. I think we've all had that conversation. Yeah. And and I hate that so many of us abide by this reward mentality. We are not dogs. We shouldn't need food treats as a reward, right? (laughs) So again, referencing my instead of eating list that's on my blog, you can do a similar one that is a list of everything you can think of that could be used as a reward. So we would basically make a little non-food reward list. And maybe I'll try to post a sample one um, um, off the top of my head. Some things would be like a bath and a good book or a mud mask while you listen to our podcast. Mm, Uh, A walk and talk with a friend. Um, Go slacklining, which is the new thing I'm becoming obsessed with as my summer hobby. Or for Sarah, organize your closet. (laughs) right or a little home spa day is another one i like to do just basically anything you enjoy that does not involve food sarah you have any ideas to contribute um maybe maybe some sod for your backyard or a a trailer full of mulch (laughs) for my flower beds okay (laughs) now i want to go back to the main topic of this podcast sugar addiction 
after we decided to make a podcast all about sugar and I really wanted to actually take a few days away from work after these two expos. And so I actually spent a whole night this week just snuggling with Dwight, Dwight, my cat. During my night of of Netflix and chill with Dwight, I actually chose to watch two documentaries about sugar. And one was called Sugar Coated and the other was called That Sugar Film. And I actually really enjoyed both. So I do recommend everybody check them out. So the film Sugar Coated basically talks about the Sugar Association secret PR campaign from way back in the 70s that make us all think that sugar was uh, perfectly fine for consumption. And now here we are 40 years later and obesity, diabetes and heart disease are prevalent everywhere. And doctors are now treating the first generation of children who are suffering from fatty liver disease. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's frightening. And as a parent, that probably hits home big time, right? And then the other documentary, the second one, that sugar film, the director basically did an experiment. So he started off as a very healthy guy following a low sugar diet. And for 60 days, he made sure to consume 30 to 40 teaspoons of sugar per day. Well, it sounds like a lot, but the interesting part is that he was not eating straight up white refined sugar all day long. He actually calculated everything out perfectly and was getting all 40 daily teaspoons from everyday foods and even healthy sounding or seeming foods that contained added sugar in some form. Like most of us don't even realize that say balsamic vinegar is actually loaded with sugar. Same with most store-bought sauces or salad dressings. And so the results from this experiment were quite shocking. He gained an obscene amount of weight in just this short period of time, most of which was around his gut. And he developed a very fatty liver and was experiencing all kinds of highs and lows when it came to his mood and all kinds of crashes and highs because of the addictive qualities of it. When he ended the experiment, he went through a pretty intense withdrawal period And remember, this was only for a couple months, this experiment. And the doctors who participated in the film were literally shocked at how fast his health deteriorated just from consuming added sugar in everyday common foods. Another scary finding was just how much sugar children are consuming every day. And in fact, his very last meal of the whole experiment was uh, what a child would typically bring to school for lunch. And again, all of these items were things you would find in a grocery store or in a school cafeteria. And it really made you realize no wonder kids of today are being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes at such a young age and why so many kids are overweight. I obviously don't have any kids myself, but Sarah, how is all of this sitting with you as a parent of two young kids and not somebody who, you know, is is super crazy about healthy foods all the time? Gee, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> First you throw me under the bus. And Hashtag now real talk. Yeah, you're forcing me to uh, drag my children down under the bus with me. Well, I'm hoping this is a, a learning experiment for you. Go. Do you have that cricket sound again? Go, um, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, though, this like I find it terrifying. You know, I constantly fight um, with my husband over this topic because he brings most of the junk food into the house. One of the things I think that bothers me the most is that, 
you know, the first time around with my oldest, you can limit the the sugar and the exposure to the treats and all that kind of stuff. But then when the second comes around, you know, she's watching him across the table indulging into yummy stuff and it and, you know, she's exposed to it at a much earlier age. I find that's the thing that bothers me the most is that you you don't have as much control. And even when, you know, my older one in school, you know, he sees what the other kids have in their lunch and he's like, Mom, can I have a granola bar tomorrow? And it's brutal. And it terrifies me that you're not just talking about cookies here and desserts. You're actually talking about just regular stuff Mm -hmm. that has sugar added to it. Now would be a good time to decipher between the different types of sugar and how all sugars aren't necessarily created equally. So it's obviously no surprise that refined white sugar is the most evil one that we all know about. And then brown or raw sugar is still evil, but obviously closer to a natural state, not processed as much. Um, And then there are the naturally occurring sugars like maple syrup, eh? Or dates, which is probably what I would be making all of my kids' desserts if I had some kids, because they're (laughs) both very sweet in taste and at least provide some minerals like um, manganese and zinc is found in, in maple syrup in quite large quantities. And then there's loads of fiber in dates and figs. And I love eating dates. Have you ever had dates dipped in tahini? So good. Really? Oh, yeah. And of course, these two forms of natural sugars uh, come straight from nature. So you're not exposing you or your family to any kind of preservatives, chemicals, or shit made in a lab. And then, of course, there are the chemical sweeteners, speaking of shit made in a lab, that us fitness freaks are most familiar with, i.e. aspartame or sucralose. Both of these contain no calories at all, or very little calories, I should say, but both are basically poison. (laughs) Yeah, so sucralose is uh, the sweetener in Walden Farms, calorie-free syrups that that all of us bodybuilders find at, at your local supplement store. It's a synthetic organochlorine compound with endocrine disrupting properties and aspartame which is found in most sugar-free gums which we admitted on the episode on dirty habits that's one we're bad for aspartame is a mashup of isolated amino acids but the damaging kind not the good kinds and wood alcohol. Both of these low-cal sweeteners have been shown in laboratories to damage gut microbes and harm your brain cells. God, this is depressing. (laughs) You don't even eat these. I should be depressed about this one. the gum. You're freaking me out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sucralose and aspartame have both been linked to cancer as well, I should mention. And I will admit again that I'm bad for consuming uh, both Walden's chemical syrups and I eat more sugar-free gum on a diet than I eat Nanaimo bars at a vegan expo. (laughs) But I really want to cut these out because let's face it, they're both horrible for you. And then ethritol and stevia and xylitol, which are a little bit better. So ethritol and xylitol are sugar alcohols, meaning they're modified forms of sugar, but not technically an actual sugar, which is why foods containing them can be labeled as sugar-free. While both ethritol and xylitol are found in fruits and a variety of plants, they go through different processes 
processes when they're produced uh, to be used as sweeteners. So ethritol is usually made by fermenting another natural sugar like glucose, and xylitol is extracted from corn cobs or trees. So obviously these are going to be better options than sucralose or aspartame, but I will say these are expensive as hell if you try to buy them at uh, your local health food store. Here I thought it was good news. My personal favorite, which is also still very expensive, is stevia, which is extracted from the leaves of the stevia plant. So it's natural and it's low calorie, but Sarah was leading to, it does have a strong taste depending which- you mean disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, you do have to be careful because a lot of the stevias out there are cut with other sweeteners or heavily refined and processed. The straight up unrefined, untouched stevia leaf powder is actually green in color. And I made the mistake of buying it once. Oh my God, it's horrible tasting. (laughs) I ended up throwing out, even though I think I paid about 20 bucks for the bag. (laughs) Do not buy the straight up untouched green stevia leaf powder. You will want to puke when you taste it. Ugh, I hate stevia. I, the taste is just disgusting to me. You might actually like monk fruit, though, Sarah. It's uh, similar to stevia in that it's low calorie and natural, but it's actually derived from a fruit rather than a leaf. So it's not quite as strong tasting as stevia. And I do find um, I love stevia, but I, I add more monk fruit sweetener um, to my coffee or whatever because it's not as strong of a taste as stevia. Oh, you got some of that in your cupboard at home? I do. And actually, there's a monk fruit company called Lacanto, and they make all kinds of cool vegan products like drinking chocolate or matcha latte mix and their powders and they're sweetened with the monk fruit. And they sent me a bunch of stuff. I'll, I'll give you some to test out. I believe if you buy from their site and use the code SHORKY30, you'll save 30%. Lacanto is L-A-K-A-N-T-O dot com if anyone is interested in checking it out. And I feel as though I should mention lacuma, which comes from a Peruvian fruit, and it is very low on the glycemic index. Uh, And then there's molasses, agave, Mm. brown rice syrup, all of which are more natural sweetener options as well. But I'd probably throw them in the same category as maple syrup and dates because they are pretty bad for spiking your blood sugar, except brown rice syrup. I seem to think that one is uh, lower. And in case anybody's wondering what I'm talking about with this glycemic index blood sugar stuff. The glycemic index is a scale that ranks carb-rich foods by how much they raise your blood sugar levels compared to other foods. So obviously white sugar, brown sugar, maple syrup, molasses, agave, they all rank very high. So they would not be the best sweetener options because they will spike your blood sugar and give you a lot of energy. Yacone syrup, Yacone, I'm not even sure how you pronounce it, but that's one I was researching for a while because it ranks really, really low on the glycemic index and tastes similar to honey. But straight up, guys, that shit is crazy expensive. (laughs) I think I paid like $30 for this teeny tiny little jar of it. Was it delicious? It was. I Mm. did like the taste, but... 30 bucks for a teen like one of those little jars you would get from a restaurant when they bring you like a sample of maple syrup (laughs) like it was crazy stevia i should mention and all of the chemical sweeteners do not raise your blood sugar at all we we gave a good rundown there so sarah do you know anything about the actual history of sugar no i don't 
Teach me, a wise little sister. (laughs) So the main attraction to sugar for both humans and animals since the beginning of time is obviously its sweet taste. And in nature, (laughs) this sweetness has always been an indication of which foods are safe to eat and poisonous fruits and plants are typically sour or bitter tasting. Really? Interesting. So in today's world, sweetness is always associated with pleasure. And as a result, sugar is added to most of the food we eat to boost the flavor or act as a preservative. But by eating more sugar than our bodies actually need, all we're doing is storing the excess as fat. And I'd like to mention some of the physical symptoms that arise after eating a ton of sugar. For me personally, I always notice it on my skin. Every time after I eat an entire Costco-sized bag of chocolate almond bark, which was only one time recently, (laughs) I grew a giant zit on my forehead like pretty much the next day. And I think it's important to mention that sugar has an inflammatory response in the body, hence why people experience inflamed skin and acne after they eat a lot of it. That would explain it. In the last few months, I think I've had more acne than I did when I was like 15 not to mention, it's also said to age skin faster as well. Damn it. I know. <laughs> Apparently, eating high glycemic foods basically smashes into our collagen fibers, causing them to cross link and bunch up together. And it's that damage that leaves your skin bumpy and wrinkled. Sadly enough, we lose collagen naturally through aging. But why accelerate it just for sugar, just for that sweet taste? Though, let it be known, apparently dark chocolate does not cause acne. (laughs) We're all having a little celebratory party right now. Um, Aaron wins again. Okay, so Sarah, (laughs) I would like to propose a challenge. This is what I was afraid of. You had a feeling? Yes, yeah. (laughs) I've been your guinea pig for quite some time now. So I propose, and I, I would love it if anybody else listening wants to participate in this, that we both go, and Erin, you too, I think you should participate. She can barely make it through an enamel bar. Yeah, it'll be easy for her. Yeah. It'll be the She'll hardest be lo- for you. Oh, yeah. Right now there's like <laughs> three boxes of cookies in my friggin' uh, cupboard. Right so here is the <laughs> challenge. I would like us to go one full week without any sugar, but you are allowed fruit. So you still get your morning smoothie, Sarah. Don't okay. worry about that. Right. But I do want us to do our own little Jacked on the Beanstalk team sugar experiment. And I think it would be really good for us because we especially are admitted sugar addicts. And I want us to both record every time we experience any kind of craving within that week. Anytime we're struggling, anytime we give into the cravings, which we better not. It's only one week. Come on. <laughs> um, and of course, how we feel after the one week week experiment so you're you're down you're up for it yeah i guess so yeah do i have a choice really well i was going to suggest that uh since i always take you guys out for lunch after our podcast recordings that we go eat in nanaimo bar at grow your roots cafe after as a fond farewell Well, more than that, I want us to actually record how eating it makes us feel and what kind of physical reactions we experience. And then maybe snap some pics of us connecting with the the Nanaimo bars before we say our goodbyes. This is going to be really hard for me because I only drink coffee with sugar in it. So this basically means I have to give up coffee for a week. So maybe we should move me out of my house. I will give you some monk fruit. Okay, I will try them. Well, wait, am I allowed monk fruit? Let's go full hardcore. 
I think it would be a good experiment for myself to cut all stevia out too. No Mm -hmm. chemical sweeteners, no natural sweeteners other than straight up fruit. That's the way it's going to go. And you will be checking every food label of every ingredient you're using to ensure there is no added sugar. And we will be weighing ourselves tomorrow morning and again seven days later. Yeah, it starts tomorrow to see if there's any kind of change in our weight. So I would say increase your fats while we're doing this experiment because that will probably help you uh, stay full and, and make the cravings more bearable. Yeah, I look forward to hearing the results of this sugar experiment on the next episode. Any final thoughts, freakouts, questions before we sign off? Yeah, if anybody could see me right now, I'm like that chick from Blair Witch with like the snot dripping from my... I love you. (laughs) I love you, mom and dad. (laughs) All right, smartass. Let's go eat some Nanaimo bars. I already know what song we're singing. Yeah, and today we would like to dedicate it to our... love it sugar a single tear shall runneth down our cheeks as we remember the good times with shigs (laughs) (laughs) right here waiting by richard marks i took for granted all the times that i thought would last somehow i hear the laughter I taste the tears, but I can't get near you now. Oh, can't you see it, baby? You've got me going crazy. Wherever you go, whatever you do, I will be right here waiting for you. Whatever it takes. Aaron, stop laughing. (laughs) Whatever it takes. Or how my heart breaks. I will be right here waiting for sugar. All right, that's it for today, everyone. So that means next episode of the JOTB podcast will be our recap of the sugar detox experiment. And of course, as I already mentioned, if any of our listeners want to do this week-long experiment with us, that would be awesome. Uh, It starts tomorrow. Please post a pic of what you're eating on Insta or Twitter or Facebook. And of course, hashtag Jacked on the Beanstalk. And finally, I am giving away a pair of Jacked on the Beanstalk leggings to some of our fave podcast reviewers so if you want to show your support for the show please leave us a review on itunes and if we like your review you just might get a pair of jacked on the beanstalk gym leggings to rock all right that's it for this week oh and my veg fest presentation is posted on my youtube for anyone wanting to check it out with video otherwise hope you enjoyed the audio of it last week And that's it. Until next week, Shorky Sisters out. See ya.